This episode of the Power Company Podcast is brought to you by you. It's all about you, made specifically for you, and kept sponsor-free because of you. Thanks for listening and for helping us build this. Maybe don't know. Maybe don't. I think it's how I used to approach climbing and like, oh, I just need to do it more times until I'm strong enough to hold on. Right. It's kind of why since I started training, I, you know, in a way, it was like starting over. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to the Not So Average series from the Power Company podcast. In this series, we're going to talk with you know the regular folks out there, the people just like you, and we're going to find out why you're not so average. And today we're talking with my good friend, Megan Baker. Megan was one of the first clients in our new system when I was just building this app and trying to figure this thing out as a business. And in fact, I think I told Megan in the first email that she was going to be a guinea pig of sorts. And she turns 43 in, in just a few days, actually. And uh, you know, she's a, a part of a growing group of adults over 40 years old, myself included, who are taking training for climbing more serious and making it a bigger part of our lives. And we're going to look at why she reached out for coaching, the challenges and benefits of training around a hectic life schedule, and, and our main focus for her first year of training. And I think that you'll find she was in a situation initially that, well, many of us are. I'd always been motivated to train to get better, um, but didn't quite know how to do it on my own. I think my what I had done before is, you know, sort of hodgepodge together a bunch of training programs from books. I think like a lot of people do. Right. They read yeah, I think the, that's the Air Force books, and they're like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this in phases, and I'm going to make the sense out of the book that I think will work best for me and and I did that and, and I think that's a good way to to start yeah you know? yeah it's a good way to get your feet wet absolutely and I learned a ton and and it actually I think once we started working together it helped a lot because I already kind of knew where you were coming from and there was a mm-hmm. bit of a shorthand already because I knew the language you spoke about it right so it was helpful but um what I did to myself uh <laughs> in um the process of making my own training program is that I ended up injured with um a year of elbow tendonitis overtraining yeah because i don't rest well and so and that's our biggest challenge right now (laughs) is getting you to not go super hard yeah i'm not particularly patient or good at sitting still so rest is hard for me we're getting there yeah yeah we're getting there i'm i'm (laughs) i'm slowly starting to trust the rest the resting process, the, the benefit good. that comes from resting. That's good. It, it's hugely important. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so you had cobbled your own thing together. So I had and, done that, and um, I, and I I came to Horseshoe Hell the year that you were emceeing it. The after and, party. Yeah, yeah, the after party. And I think, did you train Bobby and Brady, kind of? Did no, you give them I didn't something? have anything to do with Bobby and Brady. Okay, so what I think what happened was basically that um, I reached out to Brady and asked like what they did, and he said, we're not a good example. We were a hot mess. Of, like, we, we got together and trained when we could, but it wasn't really formal. It, you know, I just did what Bobby told me to, and you know, we, like, mm-hmm. they're both super strong. I mean, Bobby is... Yeah, Bobby's if, a badass. If I can grow up to be Bobby Benzman, you know, I she's amazing. <laughs> That's what I'm shooting for too. Right? Yeah, she's amazing. So, um, 
but he did mention, I think, that you had coached some people. And yep. so I reached out. That's when I reached out to you and oh, said, cool. you Thanks, know. Thanks, Brady. Yeah, right? So I, I, I've thanked him subsequently because, I, you know, it's made a big difference for me. And in how I look at climbing. And I knew at that point that it was becoming a more um, important aspect of my life. And that if I wanted to really enjoy it and to... Um, part of my enjoyment comes from getting better at it sure. and getting to the point where I'm making progress again. And I just yeah. couldn't figure out how to do that on my own with my limited amount of time, you know, and I have a very limited amount of time. Yeah, yeah, we all like to believe that we just don't have time. And uh, most of us, we're full of shit, frankly. Um, we don't have time, we make it. Fact is, we'll fill our available time with random things and assign false importance to them. It's not the case with Megan. You know, she had kind of boiled down her time pretty far already. So for a living, I work in marketing at a Fortune 500 company. Mm -hmm. um, I've been there 10 years, so um, it went from being a job that I did when I moved back here from New York to uh, what has become a career in marketing and communications. And I'm grateful for that because um, when I started the job, I was a single mom and needed, you know, the things you need, insurance and stable income and all of those things, roof over your head, food on your table. And uh, so I work <clears throat> 45, 50 hours a week. It's not a job that I can leave at the office, it often yeah. comes home with me. And it's not all just driving to the office and then driving home. You know, these no. last several weeks, you've been traveling a ton, Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, and it's great. I mean, I, the opportunities that I've gotten, you know, and it's a company that is in the travel industry, which I love. And uh, so it affords me a lot of amazing opportunities. And, you know, it uh, <laughs> allows me to go on climbing trips that I might not otherwise be able to afford. So I'm sure. grateful for that. But it, it does take up a huge amount of time. And it's kind of um, frustrating because I sit all day and that's hard. And, yeah, uh, hard it's on your body and hard on your brain. Yeah, exactly. And it's a stressful job. Um, and again, so, you know, when you leave that kind of atmosphere and you drive the 15 minutes to the gym to go train, you have to completely, you know, shift gears and go yep. into another mode. And that, and I, I find that challenging some days. But so that's what I do for a living. And um, you I You mentioned am, you were a single mom. I'm a single, well, I was a single mom. I well, got married recently. Mom, right? So, um, but yeah, I, my daughter's 13 years old. So we're in the, the throes of middle school and <laughs> all yeah. of the, the, uh, awesomeness and drama that comes with that and um yeah and even though she's a really amazing kid she is, she is. she's still a middle schooler she and is that's, there's still going to be drama no matter how cool the kid oh is, yeah at any you know, on period. any given day like and it's just to be expected it could just be yeah the world's coming to an end and things are tragic but um no, she is a really good kid. I'm lucky because I, I do think she has a good head on her shoulders and is mature beyond her years. So some of the drama she can identify as such, she doesn't get super devastated yeah. by it. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, she's in the midst of that like key age where she's figuring out what she really likes and what's really important to her right. and meeting new people yeah. and making friendships and yeah. um, and really like, you know, volleyball and basketball and all the things that she's interested in, which is important. Yeah, and right in the midst of 
her being in her drama, you got married. I did, yeah. To a really cool guy. Shout yes. out, Keith. Shout out to Keith Baker. <laughs> and and while that's, you know, you could look at that as helping your situation, in, mm-hmm. and he does for sure. Oh, absolutely, yeah. In that he's, you know, a dad to Mary-Kate mm-hmm. and and a, a great partner for you. Yeah. There's also relationship stress that happens you know especially when you're trying to dedicate a bunch of time to one thing there's going to be how much time can i take away from the relationship to dedicate to this thing yeah and that's you know i think hugely important to me and and the stress that comes from that is stress i impose on myself right because Mm -hmm. i i don't ever want to do something where i'm being selfish right you know and taking time away from my daughter, from my husband, from my family, um, just because it's something I want to do. And that's hard because, you know, I think a lot of people, and I've talked to a lot of climbers who grapple with this themselves. I mean, on the surface of things, climbing can be a very selfish activity. It's about you and the rock, and it's really just your battle and your goal and your intent. and, and, And it's... You know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm not a pro climber. I'm not making my living this way. So it's just what I do for fun. And, um, but it's a passion for me. And so Keith understands that. Luckily, I'm, I'm very lucky and blessed that he understands I have, you know, these two major passions in my life that I don't make any money doing or barely any money right. uh, doing yeah. and that I, need to give time to in order to kind of feel like I'm really being true to myself. Yeah. And you just mentioned you have another passion. Mm -hmm. And so tell me about that. So I'm an actor. Um, Have been for more years than I want to. I'm not going to do the math, but since I was six. (laughs) So yeah, I did my first commercial when I was six. And um, so I've been acting on stage. I was in New York for four years pursuing my acting career and ended up moving back home to St. Louis in 2002 uh, and had Mary shortly thereafter. And um, and I've kept it up. You know, it's something that I do mm-hmm. now in my free time, my spare time, which isn't uh, – I mean, I make time for it because it is still really important to me. And in St. Louis, I'm lucky in where I live, has a lot of amazing small professional theater companies. You got to see you know, some of that work last time you were Yeah, here. and, you know, I was in St. Louis, and I got to see one of your shows. And, you know, I talked to all of my clients about the, you know, the, the other things, their extracurricular activities that they do. Um, and I don't know that I've ever seen an example that it was – painfully obvious that you're so good at that thank you and and you put a lot of heart into it Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of passion there and i was blown away by it so i mean it was one of the coolest shows and one of the most heart-wrenching performances i've ever seen i was sitting near you during a crying scene and and i was about to cry so i had to look away (laughs) And I looked over at your dad, and your dad was about to cry, so he was staring at the ceiling. <laughs> and and I was just like, "Wow, that's she is, huge for my she dad." She <laughs> is really, really good at this. Oh, you know? thank you. That's really sweet. Thank you. And 
and that you put that amount of effort into that while training the way that you do, while working this full-time job, being a mom, you know, you got married shortly before mm -hmm. your show. You you had another show around the time you were getting married. Right. Training for horseshoe hell, training for climbing in general. There's so much going on and yeah. you and you're and I see this one thing and I'm like I can't tell her to not do that. Like, I can't say dedicate your time to climbing because you're so fucking good at this thing, you know? Well, thank so, you. So I think, that's, I think that's just a cool part of who you are and what's going on in your life. And, then, and that's not all. I mean, you've got, you're also involved in the Beta Fund, right? Yes. So I'm, um, I'm on the board of an organization called the Beta Fund. It's a nonprofit organizational, regional to the Midwest. Um, th and we work on um, access issues in the Midwest mm -hmm. and preservation of the climbing areas in the Midwest, um, particularly in Missouri, Southern Illinois, and Arkansas. And um, it's, yeah, it's a huge passion project for me. I was brought into it by um, Dave Chancellor, who, um, and Ian Anderson, who, uh, I knew through Climb Soil, which is the gym where I train in St. Louis. And um, so I I felt really lucky to be asked to be a part of it. I, I hope that my contributions are valuable, but I, I work really, you know, it's a really small, hardworking board. And um, so I, I put my time in there. And then... Um, and then... Yeah, there's more. In addition to all of that, Meg also serves on the marketing committee for Hera. It's a foundation started by the late Sean Patrick, who succumbed to ovarian cancer in 2009 after a 12-year battle. She started Hera to raise awareness and funding to fight ovarian cancer, which is a cause that you can find more information about at herafoundation.org. Uh, please go visit them. Uh, this busy schedule that Meg has leads to not having much time to dedicate to training for rock climbing. And I don't use the word dedicate lightly here. I could get into the gym in the morning two times a week. And in the morning, you mean what uh, time? I met you in the in the gym in the morning for a session. At 5 a.m. And I was like, oh, my God, am I getting up this early to go into the gym? That was amazing, by the way. Thank you for, for doing that. For a private that. session. Yeah. This yes. is insane. <laughs> It was definitely dark. It was out yeah. dark outside. Yeah. No, I mean, I um, I can get into the gym three, maximum four times a week. Um, mm -hmm. And two of those sessions, if I was to do four times a week, two of those sessions would be early morning, really early pre-dawn, you know, early yeah. morning in the training room. Right, um, by yourself, down in the haunted training room at Climb So Ill. <laughs> The ghosts and I have an arrangement. It's all good. <laughs> I play good music. They leave me alone. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. So, so you're in there super, super early mm -hmm. before everybody's up. You know, before anybody's up, right. as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, Sophie wasn't even up, so nobody's yeah. up at that hour. Yeah. And and then you've got two other days. Yep. To get into the gym. Yeah. And and I try to make a point in your plan of making sure that you have at least one route climbing day because it's it's a social thing for you as well. You know, you want to hang out with your friends. You want to climb with Sophie. You want to climb routes with Keith. Mm -hmm. And 
the bouldering in the gym isn't necessarily for you all the time. And I think that's the case with a lot of, of people who aren't 20 years old. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I At this point, I think everybody knows that I've been training with you for the long, as long as I have. So we're right just about a little over a year, I guess. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So, um, and, you know... I've been super oh, happy wait. about it, and I'm vocal what, about it. What month is it? It's October. Oh, so like a year. Yeah, it's been pretty close to almost a, a year and a half. Year then. and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I started. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess it has been about a year and a half. So, um, so people know when I go to the gym, I'm not there to like hang out and catch up. Like I'm there to work. I'm there to train. Right. I think your second statement was more accurate and I think you're being kind, but I am a stubborn person when it comes to like you telling me to boulder in the gym for any significant amount of time, which is funny because I used to boulder a lot and, um, but then just fell in love with, with route climbing. And, um, so it's hard for me to force myself to boulder, um, particularly in a gym session, you know, a gym session. I would rather yeah. be on the routes and, and well, it's a different. It. It's a different social atmosphere. For sure. For I mean, sure. that does impact it definitely. I mean, yeah. it's it's not my scene. You know, yeah, the and there has to be some there. fun in this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. I yeah. can't. I can't just you know prescribe things <laughs> and make it cold and dark for everybody. You know, it's <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> as much as I might want to. It's just ironic because like. You know, you could tell me to boulder in the gym during regular hours, but I will always prefer, even as early as it is, I like value that time early in the morning training by myself yeah. where if I fall off and look like an idiot, it, you know, it's just me there and yeah. the ghosts, but like they don't care. Yeah. So, you know, it's just me. <laughs> I think that's pretty important to have actually, to yeah. be okay with going in solo and and digging into your own psyche by yourself yeah you know and it's and where just, i learn the most i think yep um is, is yeah you're not afraid to look silly you're not afraid to and try moves in a, a really bit, weird right. way or what feels really weird at the time and i'm like oh no that actually that works and i think some of the emails i've sent you over the course of the months has been you know like oh my gosh i just got back from training and i did this thing with my toe and it yeah. totally worked yeah. <laughs> and, you know I, I get geeked out about the stuff that happens in in the uh the old training room so in the wee hours of the morning yes yeah and that's one of the things we focused on in megan's training uh, learning more about climbing and about how to climb not unlike most people, Meg had hit a sticking point where she had physically progressed beyond her understanding of how to efficiently and tactically approach a route or a boulder problem. And like most of you, she was already plenty strong. But I was, I didn't know how to use it. And so it's useful. It's, I mean, sorry, it's useless if I can't do that. Yeah. And it's not even just using your strength. It's, mm-hmm. it's also learning how to climb. Right. I mean, I watched a guy yesterday go up a 12C who his fingers were plenty strong to do the route. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was so strong in his arms and in his fingers and his feet were all over the place. Yeah. And even when he would fall and he would go back up the same sequence, he would do it totally differently and his feet would be all over the place again, but he would hang on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, that guy could climb so much harder. <laughs> he had good footwork. <laughs> if he, yeah, if he had good footwork, if he practiced 
memorizing beta, right. if he practiced the tactics of route climbing, you know, that stuff goes a really, really long way. An experienced climber will fall off a sequence their first time doing the sequence, remember exactly what they did and know what they need to change. Right. He had no idea what he had just done. Yeah, you know, and I his think his fingers that's, were just super strong. And I think that's super common. And I think it's what how I used to approach climbing and like, oh, I just need to do it more times until I'm strong enough to hold on. Right. And it's kind of why since I started training, I, you know, in a way, it was like starting over. Like starting over. That can be scary, but you know, it's okay. That's how it is when you decide where your weaknesses are and you really start to focus in on them. It can feel like having to learn it all again from scratch. We're going to take a quick break here, but when we come back, we'll take a look at how we've improved Meg's route climbing while getting her more comfortable with being outside of her comfort zone. What's up, everybody? Chris here. Pardon the interruption. I'll keep this short and sweet. Since this podcast started taking off and we've been growing it, you guys have been asking how you can help out. I've got three ways for you. Number one, you can become a patron. That just means you give a monthly donation to the podcast, a dollar and up, and you get something in return. And you can check out what those rewards are at patreon.com slash powercompanypodcast. Best of all, we'll keep it sponsor and commercial free for you. Number two, you can rate us and review us on iTunes. I know it's a pain in the ass to go to iTunes and do all that, but it really helps us out. At least that's what I'm told by the podcast powers that be. And number three, perhaps the easiest way and the best way to help us out is to share us on your social medias. Anytime you see us post up a new podcast, please share it with your friends. Tag people who will really appreciate it or who need to hear the advice that we're giving. All right. Thank you, guys. And back to the show. Welcome back. We're talking to Megan Baker, a 43-year-old newly married mom to a teenager, mind you, um, with a full-time career in marketing who volunteers her skills to several organizations, is a brilliant actress in local theater groups, and still wants to improve at rock climbing. Not an easy thing to do. There's a word we use to define progression in climbing, and frankly, I think that word can be a little bit misleading. I think even when I first emailed you, like, I just need you to get stronger. stronger. How do I get stronger? stronger? Can you make me stronger? Like, I'm yeah. going to... Stronger. I'll pay you every month. Stronger. Like, get me stronger. <laughs> you know? yeah. And you said, well, wait, think about the tactics you're using. Think about breaking down the route and... And getting better. And getting better. There's, at, a, there's a difference between better there and is. stronger. And being smarter and learning. And I think that was the big... That's been the big revelation for me since we've started working together is that the red pointing process I'm breaking a route down over time. So I don't have the pressure when I get on it that I right. need to send it. In fact, the project I was, I've was i been working on at the gym, um, and it sounds funny to talk about this as a, like it's just a gym route, whatever, but it, it will be the same approach I would take to a route outside. Exactly. It's like, I'm going to break this down, and if need be, I'm going to, I'll top rope it and work the moves and then I have no sure. pressure and I'll find out where the clipping stances are by, you know, I dragged a rope on this thing and I haven't dragged a rope in years, but I did it just so I would know. I'd go in there confidently knowing that like, oh, this is my stance and it was fine. So then when I did get on it on lead and this is a climb that previously I would have said, oh, that's above my current level. Um, you know, I really, my first time I let it, I, I 
fell twice and that was it. And so it'll, I feel pretty good about it. It'll go down next time. So that's been huge to yeah. be able to learn how to really dial it in, like memorize the moves, like, you know, like you memorize lines or you memorize anything else yeah, in life. Yeah, just, you know? just learn the, the approach. Right, exactly. You know, I think that's a really important part of outdoor climbing. And, mm -hmm. and I want you to be prepared when you are able to dedicate that season to outdoor climbing and you're getting outside a lot it's going to make a much bigger impact if you have those tactics already if right. you're not if you're not learning them through that season you know cuz that that takes season after season to learn yeah you know i'm still learning tactics um you know so going out unprepared would be a failure on my part if I sent you out there unprepared. Well, and I think so. the climbers that I admire most and, and, you know, some of the climbers that I am friends with who's climbing, I really look up to and learn from. I mean, Yusuf's a good example. Mm -hmm. Yusuf will project something and watching him work a route and work the moves on a route and link the moves and, you know, really think through all of that movement and then train specifically off season specifically for right. getting stronger in that aspect um actually it's funny because at the beta fund auction i i bought a red pointing clinic that taught by yusuf uh -huh. um i thought i was giving it as a gift to keith but then yusuf's like no it's for two people so we both did it and it, oh, cool. it was great because you know i've been climbing with yusuf for years and or I've known him through climbing for years and I've climbed with him on and off over the years and he's always an inspiration to me to watch because his ability to kind of um, ap approach around I mean that's really the, the right yep. word it's like yep. approach with different tactics and, and be ready for what's coming in the next section is um, inspiring and so I've learned a lot from that I really enjoy it too so it's you know, hard to lay off doing that if we're in a different phase, you know. Megan wanted to climb harder routes, and she already had many of the physical skills. She also had many of the important elements of practice and approach learned through theater. She just hadn't applied them to her climbing yet. Yeah, and I think it's, um, it's funny because sometimes uh, I think of it as a, I guess when I'm feeling a little low, I think of it as a bit of an identity crisis I have. Like, you know, on the surface, I work in corporate America. Really, this is my vacation. You know, I come down to the right, red. Right. I take a few days of vacation. Like, what kind of poser do I think I am that I'm going to go out and project things? Come on. You know, like, <laughs> I, I get down on myself about stuff like that. And then I but think, in your, you know. But in your shows... Yeah, it's essentially and it, like a project. And that's really it. I mean, and, and, you know, I could take that same approach to being an actor. I could say, well, it's just St. Louis. It's not New York anymore. Like, right. But I don't. Because but you don't. And I, and, you, and I can tell you don't do that because I, I watched you deliver that performance. Yeah. And, and I know that, that that product that I saw, that performance that I watched, didn't happen immediately. No. I know you didn't walk in the first rehearsal and and do what you did when I watched oh, you. No, and it was terrifying because we really only had two weeks of rehearsal for that thing. So right. that was just like And you've dialed that process <laughs> in over the years. Yeah. You know, and that's that's essentially what a pro climber is doing when they approach a hard route. They've dialed that process in mm -hmm. and they can make it happen much faster. It's amazing when I talk to 
climbers at a high level and the um, the difference in what they're working on and the, the minute details of body positioning and and oh yeah, micro beta. Oh my gosh! I mean, position over everything and the yeah, exactly. <laughs> all Shout of out like the Will learning of your own style and what you have to work on and talking to you and Nate about just the differences in your own climbing and right. Um, and then when you look at a route. You know, when you get into hard, hard routes, I mean, it's the difference between where your toe is by a millimeter, maybe, and how hard you're pushing your with one on finger. And you were talking today about that. Oh, yeah. Next hole, you drop your pinky to make room for I your heel to match on the crimp. And exactly the position of your knee, whether it faces in or whether it faces out when you're driving and how you shift your hips slightly. It can all make such a difference and so on and so on and so on. There's a ton, no matter what level you're climbing at of skill to be learned through practice. Practicing movement, practicing approach, practicing confidence, all of it. And that takes a lot of energy and time. And sometimes, frankly, that's hard to justify. Working with you and the fact that you take my training seriously, as seriously as I take it, has given me the confidence to say, you know, it, it's how I define it in my life, right? It's an important part right, of my life. Right. Um, I balance it with everything else. It's not, it can't always be the most important part of my life, sure. but it's important and it's okay for me to be serious about it. It's okay for me to yep. geek out about it and be mm -hmm. enthusiastic about it. And, you know, um, doesn't matter where I am as far as my age or the fact that I don't do it full time. It's still okay for it to be really important yeah. and for me to get super psyched about it and almost you know when you invest in something then it's it, you're you, you're given the permission for it to have that space in your life that level of and importance. my investment in it and that investment comes in time it comes in in coaching it comes in just saying yeah this i i want to get better at this and and um and I think that has been imp as important for me from a confidence standpoint and from just the ability to really dive in and um, be immersed in the work that we're doing, which has been which has been great. I mean, it's a lot more fun to work this way and to learn. Yeah. I'm a life I like I'm insatiably curious about life just in general, and I continue to push myself in in all those directions. I sometimes wish I was the type of person who would just be really happy to like <laughs> come home from work and like, you know, cook dinner and no, don't go wish that upon and, yourself. you know, watch. <laughs> I listen to people at work talking about TV shows, all the TV shows that they're watching. And, yeah. oh, yeah, well, did you catch the latest episode? No, I DVR'd. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see these things that you well, speak of. Good you know? for you. That's. I mean, you know. Keith and I do our like binge watching of yeah well, we do too West Wing but you know yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah no I I just that's not where I want to put my time I think you know I'd rather be outdoors um, and I'm lucky to have a, a crew of people and a family around me that understands that and and supports that and often wants to be there with me so after a year of training Meg asked me what she needed to do to get to that elusive next level where we all want to be, the next level. And it was a tough answer for me to give because it involves you know, pushing some other things a little to the side and, and really dedicating a season to learning all of these same lessons on real rock outside.
you say it was really hard for you to say it. It was exactly what I wanted you to say to me. And I had I, and I had to say that. Yeah, you know, and even I think it was, it was fair yeah. because I do think that you know, I. To your point, I mean, I I train a lot. I practice, a lot, you know, I do everything, all the work, but I do it inside in a gym and in an environment that's familiar to me, that's safe for me, that's you know, easy for me to push my limits. And then I come outside, and you know, you get a day with any numerous excuses you can use, bad conditions. I was tired. People were around. Right. I was, you know, like it should be ten degrees colder. I should be five inches, you know, taller. Right. All yep. these things that you know. <laughs> And all it is, really, frankly, is that, you know, I'm not outside as often as I should be to get to where I need, where I want to go as a climber. Right. And the ideal for me is I love being outdoors. I love <clears throat> pushing myself hard and I want to feel more comfortable doing it. And I want to be be on these routes and, you know, working these routes that are drawing me and, and you know, aesthetically as a challenge, all of that. So... It was what I needed you to say. <laughs> I mean, it's why I wrote to you because yep. we could keep training like this. I could keep going out like, you know, three weekends in the fall and then start rehearsing for some show or something happens. But but it's true. You, you, anything, it's true of anything in life. You have to dedicate the time to really yeah. get good at it. Yeah, and it doesn't need to be, um, you know, you don't have to dedicate your life to it. But, no, but, but if you can dedicate a season to mm -hmm. trying to get outside, you're going you're gonna to see these big leaps in the way you perform outside and, for sure and your performance is going to ratchet up because of it yeah and know. i look forward to that it's as if somebody you said by saying that you're like okay we're going to cast you in this play in the fall yeah and we need this much of your time yeah it's just you know nobody's saying nobody was saying that to me before and in that yeah. in those terms it was like okay you're gonna have to get outside three weekends a month if you yeah. really seriously want to do this and yep. maybe take totally. a vac your vacation in the fall and for mm -hmm. a week come down to the red and and, and rest a little before the weekends because right, you need to perform <laughs> while you're out there <laughs> resting right and i remember in in the email i said to you that you know because i i've met your family and i know your family and i consider them friends you know i said talk to keith mm -hmm. talk to mary because they're gonna understand, you know. It's mm -hmm. it's the type of people they are. And you just told me something really cool that that Mary Kate did recently. Yeah. Do you mind telling us about that? Yeah. No. She um she wrote an email um because she doesn't climbing's not her thing. Um, my daughter. I'm right. five, two, three on a good day. My daughter's five nine, um, which is ridiculous. I don't know where she got that height. But anyway, volleyball and basketball, you know, the kind of sports yeah. you, you need to be tall for, she really loves. And, yep. and I have to constantly remind myself that she's not 17 years I old. I know. She's 13 and she's 5'9". It's ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway, she... Um, <laughs> She has never really enjoyed climbing um, as her sport. She really thinks of that as my thing. But I have a lot of friends who have recently had babies or, you know, have had babies in the last four or five years. And she's finally reached the magic number, 13, where she can start babysitting. And she's taking this course at school where they're, yeah. you know, teaching her first aid techniques and, <clears throat> and CPR and all the things that she needs to know for her to feel confident in babysitting. So she wrote an email um, with just very little of my help, but um, to all of my friends who, who climb, who have kids, and she said, hey, 
I know it's climbing season and you're going to want to go out to go climb or you're going to be climbing at the gym and wouldn't it be easier not to have to watch, worry about watching your kids and where they're going <laughs> while you're on the rock? That's where I come in. So, <laughs> so cool, man. So yeah, cool. it was really cool. I was very proud of her. And I, you know, so we send it to all my friends who have kids and I've had several of them come up to me and say, did you write that for her? I said, nope, nope, that was all her. I like helped her a little bit, but. I kept trying to keep it shorter, and she's like, no, Mom, I want to talk about my qualifications. So, yeah. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's something you've cultivated. Like, yeah. Even though she's not a climber, she understands the climbing world, and she understands what it means to people. Yeah. And and she understands what it means to you. And, and that's why I said, you know, talk to your family. Talk to Keith. Keith will support you he'll be there to belay you because that's the kind of guy he is if he's got a broken leg he'll hike in and belay you yeah but he, he also loves to climb also right himself. Exactly. so i mean any weekend that he could be out he would be there you know yeah and and mary likes the outdoors so i'm i'm sure they would both be on board with you know being out and camping and hanging out and they love all the people i mean mm -hmm. mary loves all the people and keith would be right there climbing with me so you know yeah, so you just have to get it done. Yeah, I do. I do. And she will. Um, you know, but she loves theater, too. I mean, you, you heard how she talks about it, and, and she's so good at it. And, I mean, how do we put one thing aside, even if for a short time, in, in favor of the other? And, you know, I think that's where the crux is. Well, and I think, you know, the two things that I've chosen to spend my my passion on the two pursuits, the theater and, and climbing. It's mm -hmm. funny because um, people in climbing don't necessarily understand why I still do theater and people in theater really don't understand climbing right, scares right. the hell out of them. So somebody actually once asked me like, why do you continue to do these two things? Like what draws you? It seems like weird pursuits, both of them. And I think in both cases they require courage and um, they require an honesty with yourself yeah. and they also teach you constantly whatever you know route you're getting on whatever play you do whatever it is you know there's you're always learning something new um, and like you said I mean that's true for me it's true for you it's true for um, Bobby it's true for Angie yeah. it's true for yeah, all exactly. the climbers I look up to it's you know it's true for everybody at their level. And um, I think that's what keeps me in it. Awesome. Gets me the five. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for sitting down with me. I really appreciate it. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll check in with you again in a year or so and right. do another one. Cool. All right. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Meg. All right. Maybe what I'm most proud of is that is that the, the coaching that I'm imparting to Megan helps her realize that learning is the important part and that that's what gets her up at 5 a.m. to go into the training room. Uh, you know, shortly after we recorded this, Meg was on her way back to the Red to try a project she had started. And, and I got a call from her late that night uh, saying she had hit a deer and totaled her car. And she and Keith were both okay. And I drove out and I picked them up and I loaded all their gear up in the car intent on continuing with the weekend, um, which surprised me a little bit. I just expected that the whole weekend was going to be shot. Uh, but the next morning, you know, with not much sleep and still being a little sore and battered from the accident, 
I belayed Meg as she sent her hardest, headiest route that she'd done. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's got the courage, no question, and she's improving and learning more every day. And that's what makes Megan Baker a not-so-average Jane. Thanks again for listening to our Not-So-Average series. We do this because we love it, and because we believe that everyone has a story worth telling. And these episodes take a ton of time to produce, and we want to deliver a good podcast to you guys, so any help you can give is hugely appreciated. Let us know how you like the new format on your social media, or in a review on iTunes, or by becoming a patron. You can like our page on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at Power Company Climbing, and, well, you can tweet about us, but... Like my main dude, Nolly Simon, says, We don't tweet, we scream like eagles. This time the bitch is